This is a Geekdo Podcast. Good evening, Mr. Bond. I've been expecting you. Have a seat. It's over, Duke. I've got you now. <laughs> Not so fast. As you can see, you are now strapped to that chair, and there are headphones dropping from the ceiling. What are you going to do to me? I will never submit to torture. We shall see about that. After you listen to this series of rejected Bond themes, you will most likely be driven mad. <laughs> Today on the show, we will be playing Bond themes that did not make the cut. There's a rumble in the sky and all the world can hear it call. Johnny Cash? They shudder yep. at the fury of the mighty Thunderball. Oh, Thunderball. Wow. All right. The power of her engines now is Hello and welcome to Drink in Geek OST. This is a show where we drink beer and listen to geeky soundtracks. This episode is featuring Karate Riot from Dot and Line. I am player one, the Duke, and not the Duke that is singing right now. <laughs> and this is player two, Saf, and the track you are listening to is from the one and only Johnny Cash. It is a rejected theme from Thunderball, obviously. I like this one. Yeah, it, it's a great song. I don't know if it brings Bond to mind, because it's more of like a country-western type right. vibe, but... That's definitely not what the feel of Thunderball is, but it's a great song. Right. I mean, Tom Jones is great. Don't get yeah, that's a good song too. Yeah, don't get that twisted. And even the Tom Waits one, you still don't know what the fuck has to do with the movie. <laughs> right. I just don't know what a Thunderball is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's got a hot breath, apparently. <laughs> and it burns everything, yeah. <laughs> Money hungry minds need a threat to long All right. Steam. Let's get to our beer. I'm going to let this play out in the background while we talk about it. But, uh, yeah, this is an excellent rejected theme. And this is what we're going to get a ton of more of over the course of this episode. Perfect. Karate... Riot. Dot and Line Brewing Company out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's one of the newer ones. Uh, Keith has been getting a lot more of them on the show, so I figured just keep going with it and have this wonderful one. We haven't had any on this on Drinking Geek OST yet, and I believe. No, you, well, you no, had dolphin I did, farts. Eco the dolphin, yeah. Yeah, you had the dolphin farts, yeah. Um... So yeah, this would be this would be good to have uh, on the show, especially since uh, it is video game related uh, and karate. And Roger Moore is a karate master with his chops. Um, however, this is music, not video games. But we still do geeky music stuff, so whatever. We'll we'll take it. It's the closest we're going to get to a connection that I can think of that I didn't even think of. So most definitely that that Seth 
thought of, not me. Um, but it is 10% ABV. There's no IBUs on the can or on the website, so we're going to have to play our little game to figure out uh, what the geek reference is. And so I guess we'll just uh, we'll go from there. I didn't see any description um, anywhere on the website, but there is something on the can. Um, right there is uh, the triple dry hop, triple hazy IP. There's a lot of triples there. With honey <laughs> is like a swift roundhouse of hops to your face. Layered waves of passion fruit, strawberries, and stone fruit, and tangerines assault your sense senses with hoppy pleasures. But remember, grasshopper, always drink responsibly. It also says the hops are Strata, Medusa, Sabro Galaxy. The yeast is a 38 juice. The grains is two-row flaked oats, shit, acid, and wheat malt. Then as far as the artwork goes, it says Karate Riot in like a like a, uh, I don't know, like a comic booky kind of like bang pow format. Yeah, old the uh, uh, punch out style, like, you know, fight mo- movies, yes. animated Everything stuff. is sort of 8-bitty looking. We got like a guy up in the corner doing some karate moves. Guys front and center, like kicking a dude in the chin. And uh, another couple of guys over here. One's knee and the other guy in the face, maybe. Um, There's a whole bunch of karate riots going on. And I'm wondering, I don't know if you've watched the Cobra Kai series. I have. Uh, In season three, there's like a big, or maybe it's season two, I don't remember. But there's a big karate fight in the high school. Yep. And then the news outlets say, there was a karate riot today at whatever (laughs) high school. (laughs) So I'm curious if it's a reference to that or not. It might. I don't know. It seems like this this beer is new. This brewery is newer, so that probably mm. uh, probably has. I wonder how often you hear that in a uh, in a sense. So. <laughs> yeah, it's the only time I've ever heard the sentence or the term "karate riot" be used. Right. I'm proposing to edit to untap. By the way, I am typing in this description because I don't have one, so we might as well put it in there. Well, that's nice of you. I will talk about the. Well, I, I yeah, we covered the can. There's a like a light blue background, and there's like purple accents. So it's a very cool can, very attractive to the eye. They're not quite eight bit. It's more like sixteen bit uh, Mortal Kombat style, like nineteen nineties, nineteen ninety one. The way that she's doing the kick, uh, it's all around. It's it's super. I love it. It's, it's super cool. I so far I like pretty much everything Dot and Line has for can wise. They they do a great job with can art. Yeah, they're a printing company, as they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and our, it's kind of like a photo that they uh, mm-hmm. pixelized. Just like our images on this podcast. Yes, exactly. So the color, or should I go with the smell? It goes with the color, color. yeah. Uh, it's a goldy orange, according to my eyes. Yeah, it is... Um... I was going to say there's a it's like kind a, of a darkish orange. Yeah, I was going to say a hint of red to it. Yeah, a little bit. But it's basically yeah, they're definitely going towards the like the Goku uh gi style of the orange color. Uh, it might not be as orange. I kind of want it to be Goku's gi though. Yeah, I, I'm comfortable with that color as well. Depending on where I look, what light lighting I have, I can definitely see it being that or a little bit darker, but Goku's gi sounds like a perfect pair. All right. 
Or Blanca shorts. <laughs> or Blanca shorts, yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything fight related, yeah, I like it. Uh, let's smell it up and... I'm not getting much off of it. No, not really. Off the beer itself. Uh, it smells hoppy. It's a triple, yeah. so clearly it's going to be... Can has like a residual like um, citrusy, yeah, like a tangerine type of flavor to it. A little bit of grapefruit, a lot of piney notes from the the hops in there. Yes, definitely. I can smell it. It's pretty hard to see through. It's not hazy, but it, it's dark enough where I can't really see anything yeah. like my hand or anything. Just a shadow. Yeah, that's basically, yeah, just shadows and dusts. Oh, that's quoting Gladiator. Wrong thing. <laughs> it looks good. I can't exactly say it smells good. The can doesn't really particularly right. give me anything. So very curious on how this is going to taste. I have a very, very uh, big assumption that this is going to be super bitter. It's 10%. I feel like this is going to be really bitter. And I hope I'm wrong. But I feel like this yeah, is going to be really bitter. It's a triple. Alcohol might be super noticeable. 10% is way up triple uh, dry yeah. hopped. So we'll find out here in three, two, one. Holy shit. There's a burn there. Holy moly. Yeah. Definitely can tell the alcohol is present. Yeah. But also there's like a fruity juiciness to it that I was not expecting based mm-hmm. on the smell. Yeah. There's, there's literally like three phases to this. Just like a Bond video game. There's three phases to this. <laughs> um. There's the top-down uh, car chase, which is the the alcohol that you get right in the mouth. There's the uh, side-scroller shooter that I uh, I can I can see uh, from the, the 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 bitterness to it. And then mm-hmm. there's the first-person uh, save the girl sweetness to it. And you can you can pretty much taste all three phases. Not that I'm sounding like a rambling idiot, but you can pretty much separate those three main things yeah. as like a progression through that one sip. It's not like you sip it, yeah, I could taste the sweetness, or or oh yeah, I could taste the, the alcohol. But it's like you go like in a wave, like oh yeah, oh yeah, there it is. As you go through, that's it's intense. That one is a lot. It's cool. White enjoyable, I I would say. It's unique in that way where it's it's kind of stagnant or separated into those different phases, but definitely has a good flavor to it. Mm-hmm. I just poured the rest of the um, can into my thing, so I saw some things fall into it, so pretty excited to see that. It's probably, mm-hmm. probably hops from... It might from, change the flavor a little bit yeah. for you. Um, that fruitiness, I'm getting a lot of strawberries like as, oh, yeah. as like the last bit of like flavor to it. Uh, stone fruit is such like a, a, a big range of whatever that fruit could be, peaches mm-hmm. or cherries or whatever. Plums. Plums, yeah. Uh, anything with a pit, but you could pretty much tell the strawberry at the very end for at least i think i can yeah once you pointed that out i was like there's a fruit flavor here that i'm not able to point my finger on because it's not something that that's typically happens in an ipa but i think strawberry nails it yeah it does yeah uh there's um it's almost like a uh a knockoff dole orange strawberry flavor Mm -hmm. like I don't want to say knockoff because it is a knockoff because Dole is very like orange centric with some strawberry flavors. This seems very strawberry centric with some citrus flavor to it. That's just good 
because I got a taste for the strawberry, I pointed it out, and now that's really all I taste. Now, yeah, it's it's in <laughs> front center in your mind, but yeah, it's definitely seems to be there, even though they never mention it on the can or anything. So, well, I guess they do say passion fruit, strawberry, and stone fruit, so it is mentioned. It's just not on Untapped yet. Speaking of Untapped. There are only 98 Radians. Again, they're a very small micro brew that just opened. I think they just had their one-year anniversary. And it's a 4.12 average. It's not bad. That's pretty good rating. See if I got any buddies. I'm going to say we should have, at least have one. I have one. His name is Keith Drink In Geek Out. It says, very sweet yet hoppy at a dangerous 10%. Definitely a powerful kick to this one. And he gave it a 4, which... It's more than I was expecting from him, but yeah, I, he does like strawberry, so yeah, maybe that's, that's why. True. I'm getting the tingles right now, <laughs> like this 10% tingles. <laughs> that, yeah, it is definitely present, and maybe since this is like six months old, it might even be more than that. Yeah, um, I have a friend on here that we didn't mention. His name's Adam Byers. Uh, I went to uh, school with him. I actually didn't go with him. He was a student of mine. <laughs> but now he's old enough to drink well yeah no it's um at the university uh when i was teaching my peers oh okay so we're like the same age so it's weird but not weird he all he wrote was 10 percent, so he's probably feeling it <laughs> mm-hmm. and he gave it a four and then i got another guy on here named saf oh uh, yeah i checked it in so i don't even have to worry about doing that um follow up on that later yeah uh these pictures are cool uh essentially uh, what we see, this glass is nice. I don't know if you can see it. It's like yes. a, a red, like a, a red background. Uh, but it looks really cool. It's a shame that it's like a, a red lettering. Uh, I can't really see, but I think it looks pretty dope. Uh, some of these photos are, um, basic, a dot line glass. I kind of need, I need that in my life. Yeah. I was just about to read that one. Actually. He's Taylor S says bomb diggity. Second can I've had, and it's delicious. Honey really smooths it out. Four and a half. I hope he made a a, a brat bath with that, and he's not just... Oh, that would be so good. Not that he's cooking. <laughs> cooking his beer. Yeah. But th- that looks good. I'm going to make some dogs on the grill right now. Right now. Ooh, someone took a flight list. Dolphin farts, karate riot, coconut coo, whatever that is. Uh, heavy wheeze and birdie juice is what their flight list was. I'm guessing it's that coconut Kong they had. Oh yeah. In, like, yeah. Cognac barrels or something. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah. Wesley has a picture of a flight. He says, wow, this is boozy, but very enjoyable in moderation with a laugh my ass off emoji. Nice. No score there. Yeah. Uh, Kyle T has a picture of the Karate Riot with a Joker Mobile Lego set. Ooh, nice. And he says, uh, Staycation Beer and Legos. Gave it a 425. Life imitating art. That's all I have to say. Have fun. Do you. Do what you enjoy. Drink the good beer. Um, everything else seems to be pretty basic. Oh, here's a meme. I like it. <laughs> I don't know if I like the meme yet. Hmm. When you're... When you were behind someone at the cash machine, gently kiss their neck and let them know that you are no threat. Ew. <laughs> That's uh, good advice. Another picture of somebody's wife, but she's actually covering her face with the dot line glass this time because she doesn't want to be part of it. And then this image, poor lighting, kind of looks skunked. Like they're drinking some kind of like juice. That's not this one. 
the last one I'm going to read is from Sean L. He says, this was phenomenal. Very well done. Clean, crisp, fruity, dangerous. Booziness is well hidden, and I mean well. Thanks, Robert N. A forgotten check-in from April 3rd. And he gave it a 4.75. Almost a perfect score. Yeah, wow. I'm checking it in right now. Um, I will... Uh, I guess I did lie. I'm going to read one more check-in. It is my check-in from March 20th, 2021, when I originally bought this beer. And I said sweet and smooth with like seven O's. But then that 10% is dangerous as hell. And I gave it a 4.25. It definitely goes down easy. And that is really, uh, that's what really gets dangerous because it is 10%. And I just want to keep drinking it over and over and over. For sure. It'll knock you on your ass like you just got karate rioted. Messed up my check-in. But I'll just read what I wrote as I fix it. Uh, This is a dangerous 10%. Uh, I can taste it. The, the alcohol percentage, however, the strawberry flavor is fantastic, and so it makes up for that that little alcohol burn that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will 100% buy this if I see it again. Like, if, I, if I'm there and I see it, 100% getting it. This is, oh, yeah. this is delicious. I don't know if they'll pour me one of these bad boys, but <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. So it's probably going to be like a 12-ounce pour or something. Probably. Yeah, this is delicious. 100% recommend from us. Uh, what was your score? Uh, 425. Oh, so we're holding our little thingies together again. <laughs> oh, go figure. We always <laughs> we always do this. <laughs> do you have an IBU? Yeah, I do. It's in the 40s. It has to be like in the 40s. It's not it's not going to help our our what we want with the 007 ratings, but Yeah. It's up there. The alcohol burn kind of makes the IBUs a little bit more yeah, noticeable. Right. We can always say it's in the 50s. Then we can be like, never mind. That wouldn't work. <laughs> I was thinking that there was like 55 Bond girls, but I lied. There's 75. <laughs> there's uh, A Bond girl is a love interest or flirtation of Bond, which there's been 75 of them so far. Which one? How many of them did he bed, though? The world may never know. Um, it says right here, films, school rejects, all 55 Bond girls ranked. There you go. 55. <laughs> An option. <laughs> I was going to say, A View to a Kill, since uh, Roger Moore is 57 in that movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really hard to pinpoint like the, the IBUs in this one because it's so um, clean. The alcohol definitely like al- uh, allows you to taste it. But because of the flavors, it just smooths it out. So I, I don't really know. But, I mean, it could be in the 40s. It could be the 50s. So I'll just go with that. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. Yeah. 40 to 55. Still on Thunderball, there were three rejected songs from this movie. And this is number two. The artist on this one is Dion Warwick, and it, it's called Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because that was the original title for the movie before they landed on Thunderball.
feel like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang would be a better name for that because it actually fits with what Bond does. Yeah, and, and he goes, at one point in the movie, he attends like the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Club or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang's a Val Kilmer, Robert Downey Jr. movie. He looks for trouble. That's why the zeros double. Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I like this. I definitely could hear this on a Bond movie. If they want to bring back, just call a movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in the next set of Bond movies and just use this song. Yeah. Kind of makes me wonder, like, what is a Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? But then you literally said it's the name of one of the uh, clubs. Yeah. Um, and he kills people, mm-hmm. and he kisses people, so he, he, he'll kiss you, and then he'll shoot you. Yeah. He has, in history, killed Bond girls. Yeah, he's kissed them and banged them. Yeah. <laughs> and then shot him. Yeah. Yeah. This one is, yeah, this one's... It's. I think Diane Warwick has the right voice yeah. to do this too. It's very reminiscent of the Roger Moore style of music, though. Mm-hmm. It's not quite Connery, but right. I do like it. I think that's why the probably the, why the next person on this list also didn't make it as the 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 Bond song other than probably because they have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in their title but yeah uh, it's because once they changed the title of the movie they were like eh, let's, we need a different song yeah and she probably didn't record a different song uh, so you you alluded to it let's play it yeah I mean what would they name it to right it would be like Mr. Thunderball that doesn't have the same number of syllables yeah. it just doesn't sound right you would have to completely change it or have a, a song that's different than the title of the movie yeah I think it's the same lyrics, but it's Shirley Bassey instead of Dionne Warwick. Yeah. Yeah, it is the same lyrics, yeah. What? Kiss Kiss Band Man? (laughs) I definitely like Dionne Warwick way better. Yeah, you're probably right, but I just like her voice because of GoldenEye and like Diamonds Are Forever like she yeah, has Goldfinger, that yeah yeah uh, Goldfinger yeah I don't I don't know this one it's much slower than the other version yeah and this is definitely a Roger Moore sound as well yeah I get like and it's not it's not as good as her other song right yeah I get major Mr. Grinch vibes. <laughs> yes. I, I do like the Diane Warwick way better, though. Personally. And I guess it's more of like a, I don't have a, an attachment to Shirley Bassey. Yeah. It's it's more of a nostalgia thing with yeah. her voice. Just It just screams Bond to me. But Yeah. No, uh, you're right. But I for quality of song and the tempo. I do like the Diane Warwick version yeah. better. And it's nice to give other people a chance. <laughs> right. Uh, next, we've got two songs for You Only Live Twice. 
Before Tom Jones was chosen for the title track of the Sean Connery classic, the title song was called Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and was sung by Diane Warwick. When there were concerns about Warwick's delivery, they were re-recorded by Shirley Bassey. However, both versions were not released until 1990s. The song was removed after United Artists requested that the theme song obtain the film's title in its lyrics when it was planned to use Warwick's version at in the end titles, Shirley Bassey sued the producers, leading to neither version ever being heard. Wow. But hers was better. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but it's like, uh, you, you want me to record a song, you're going to use it, or you're not going to use either one. Right, yeah. Very childish. Very. Uh, let's move on to You Only Live Twice. The f- Here's the first one by Julie Rogers. Uh, this is the one where it's in Japan, so thus the like ding da ding ding ding. You only live twice, no more than twice, and each life I definitely could see this being in the movie. Yeah. Because it's playing over the credits right now, and I'm like... It's, like, boggling my mind that this isn't the song that they used. Right. Nancy Sinatra eventually recorded the classic theme for the Connery Bond movie, but there was originally a totally different song of the same name. English singer Julie Rogers was asked to perform the oriental sounding song this is enjoyable mm-hmm. she's got a good voice for it too yeah I was gonna say I don't really get the whole Bond vibe from it, but I also didn't in the Nancy Sinatra version, so... Yeah. And it, it I mean, it has the Oriental themes, I guess, yeah. if you want to use that phrase, um, which fits with this movie. Right, yeah, because it's in uh, Korea, right? For the most of the film. you die, He dies in Korea, and most no, of this it... This is the one where... That's Die Another Day. This is... You only live twice. This is the one where they go to Japan and he oh. dresses like a Japanese man and pretends to be Japanese. Mm. The Sean Connery movie. Yeah, I thought it was Sean Connery. They they murder him in the first scene. Oh, maybe you might be right actually. Yeah, but I think it's Japan. Japan, not Korea. I was wrong about the police. Yeah, uh, Pierce Brosnan dies in Korea. Oh, or that's right. In, in Korea. Korea. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, Korea. I was thinking it was all Korea, but yeah, this one. I didn't like this movie because of the the yellow yeah. face. Right. Uh, I got another version. That was enjoyable, though. That was. I agree that, that I like that version as well. Uh, soul singer Lorraine Chandler also recorded a Shirley Bassey-style version that was also rather different than the other two versions. Mm-hmm. John Barry later said it was... Man, this has the Bond vibes, totally. It does. Uh, John Barry said... It was usually the producers that said, this isn't working, there's a certain something that we needed, 
if that energy wasn't there, if that mysterioso kind of thing wasn't there, then it was going, it wasn't going to work for the movie. When Frank Sinatra was touted as a potential performer, the legendary crooner suggested his daughter, Nancy, instead. I low-key thought Nancy was his wife. I thought so, too. <laughs> I mean, I do like this version, too. Mm-hmm. It definitely fits in that era. Yeah, I know. 60s, 70s. I don't know if I like the this version over the Nancy version, but I definitely do like this version. I mm-hmm. do like the Julia Rogers one way better than both of these. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. It's got to be a tough decision to be like, yeah, yeah, we're going with this version, or we're n- this version doesn't work. Let's get, bring someone else to record a new version. Right. Yeah. Is, I, I this is like the only franchise that I'm familiar with where they license out a an idea and a theme to several artists and then yeah pick from that list. It's it's crazy. It's very interesting how, the way they do things, and it, and it's crazy that they've been doing it since the '60s like this. Basically, yeah. like whoever's hot at the time, let's have them record a version of the song, and mm-hmm. whether use it or get somebody else. All right, I got one from the man with the golden gun coming up. Good. Ooh, a little bit of glam rock here. Yeah, we got Alice Cooper recording this one. Okay, which is trying to appeal to more American audiences, I'm guessing, based on the yeah. previous artist, more famous in England. Right. That's nice. Well, if you have, you know, Christopher Lee is the bad guy in this one. Yeah. And even though he's not American, he's played a lot of, like, classic American bad guys. He's become, like, the prototypical... Yeah, villain in franchises, and he he's in a rock band. It wasn't a, sorry. He was he was in a rock oh, really? band. Yeah, he he played metal. Yeah. Uh, so as Bond entered the glam rock era, Alice Cooper came very close to securing the Roger Moore title track. However, producers instead chose Lulu's different song of the same name. Well, that's what Alice claims, anyways. John Barry wasn't a fan of the final product, saying it's the one I hate most. <laughs> It just never happened for me. Wow. It really reminds me of the Casino Royale. Uh, the one with like Soundgarden or whoever. Yeah. Uh, Chris Cornell. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of got that vibe for me. So eventually they came full circle back to this style of music yeah. almost. This is very Doorsy as well. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um... But I think I'd have to agree with John Barry. I I, I don't hate it. But No, but I, I do like the version they went with. Yeah. More. This is okay. It's an okay song. But uh, yeah, I just yeah, you're right. I'm glad this one was rejected, I think. I'll, and it's almost on spooky now. Like, yeah. ooh, there's ghosts in here. Which makes sense because like half the movie is in a like a like a fun house. A fun house. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't mind this part of the song. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. I like Alice in Chains. I like this. But you're right. It's it's 
or sorry, John Barry is right. It's not yeah. not a Bond thumb. Not to- yeah, it's not there. Yeah. It's the one he hates the most. <laughs> I don't agree with that, but <laughs> of the two of this and Lulu, this is the one I hate the most. I guess if you're yeah, if you're if you're just comparing those, yeah. Of all time, anything you know pre- <laughs> of previously that we've hated on before, I can tell you. I also the Goldfinger. That's the one I hated the most. That one. Yeah, I like that song. <laughs> okay. Goldfinger. Okay, let's move on. We're in the living daylights. We're up in the '80s already. All right. Wait. Nope. I skipped for your eyes only. This will be for your eyes only. I scrolled too far. There's a Pat Oswald one, which is phenomenal. There's the JB Smooth one. Uh, so this is the by the artist Blondie. Originally American band, Blondie was approached to write and perform the theme song for this Roger Moore Bond movie. However, it was rejected because the company wanted what ended up being Sheena Easton's song, and the band refused to record it. (laughs) They eventually released the song on the 82 album, The Hunter. Yeah, that, that makes sense though, right? If you if you're an actual band, you're an actual performing artist, and you you make your songs, you write and record a song that they ask for, and then they ask you to record a different song. <laughs> then you're like, nah, we're good. We'll use the song we like yeah. that we did on the next upcoming album. I, that makes sense to me, right? We recorded it like this because this is the way we want it to sound. <laughs> Don't tell us what to do. Which is very weird because this doesn't really give me the Blondie vibes, though. No. Yeah. It's not a bad song. No. It's hard because these bands are trying to recreate a style of music that is synonymous with Bond, so sometimes you step out of what you're used to doing or comfortable doing and it could be bad or it could be amazing mm-hmm. this one's just okay I yeah. I feel like it's it's uh, the one they went with was probably better yeah but I, I don't know because the one they went with I could really care less for it too. it wasn't that great either <laughs> yeah maybe if Blondie, Blondie actually recorded that version it'd probably be better than Sheena Easton's version maybe Yeah, this one's okay. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. This one's just okay. It's kind of middle of the road here. Uh, let's go on to The Living Daylights. This one's from The Pet Shop Boys. Going for the aha vibes, I see. Yep. It's that era. one whenever you're ready just vibing out right now yeah get to the lyrics eventually yeah 
Phoebe better if I get this read. Aha's title track for Timothy Dalton's first movie was not the only recorded song for the film. Pet Shop Boys also recorded a song for the film, but it wasn't chosen. The duo later reworked the song into This Must Be The Place I Waited Years To Leave on their Behavior album in 1990. It really reminds me of the Moby song that was in the Jason Bourne movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a lot. Yeah, this is... Yeah, this is um, this is definitely tame. Like, I can't think of anything like Bondish in this one. But also the Aha one, I didn't really get very Bondy feel either. Um, I always thought the Living Daylights was a weird movie. I'm uh, I'm gonna look up that song. To compare them, so we have time. I've only got a few songs left. It's weird because they say reworked, but it's the same lyrics. This is from the first Jason Bourne movie, Born Identity. Is it from Identity? I thought it was from Supremacy. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't say. Second, I think it's from the second one. I actually might be in all three. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, probably. I'm going to forward a little bit. Just to get to his voice. It's very similar. Yeah, it is. Like, I could tell one of them was, like, in the... Well, this is 2002, this song. Yeah, 2002. And the other one's in the 80s. 90. 90. 1990. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 10-year difference, and it's basically the same style. It's like America's always behind England for... Right. ...for music trends. All right, let's get back to Bond. I don't want to play too much of this one, but it's kind of crazy. I mean, James Bourne... Jason Bourne's, like, the same style of music, right? Same yeah, style and, of movies. <laughs> and once we get to Daniel Craig, they kind of start ripping off Jason Bourne's style of filmmaking. So it's yeah. kind of crazy how they did that. Uh, where are we at now? We are at Goldeneye. Goldeneye. This one's from Ace of Base. If I'm not mistaken, they're a pop band. Yeah, they did like I Saw the Sign. Hmm. Uh, you can't get more 90s than the Swedish pop outfit Ace of Base, and they almost had a Bond theme. Rumor has it that the record, record company itself didn't believe that the Bond franchise could ever make a comeback and pulled the plug on the project, not wanting to tarnish the reputation of the band. How wrong they were. So wait, they, they thought that Timothy Dalton was the... Yeah, they kind of went as far as they could with the Bond franchise. Hmm. The Tim Dalton movies didn't do great, 
right financially and then that's why you only had two of them and they're like now they're bringing in another bond this this franchise is over so yeah they didn't really want ace of base to ruin their reputation by doing a theme ace of base could have taken off but instead tina turner took off yep in the end tina turner's different song was chosen but the they later released the song with the slightly revised lyrics as The Juvenile on the 2002 album De Capo, replacing the word Goldeneye with Juvenile. I do like this song. Yeah. And I could see it in a Bond movie. I'm guessing it sounded a little bit different when they it was the golden eye instead of juvenile so it would have been probably more bond sounding yeah but I do like the Tina Turner version too so yeah. to say. I like the Tina Turner one way better than this one yeah it's a little slow yeah I, you want to be more amped up yeah. when you're re, uh, rebooting the franchise in a way. I feel like this would be like if Britney Spears was asked to make a, yes. like a theme song. It's almost like the Madonna one, but better. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go on to Tomorrow Never Dies. I like this one. This one's Katie Lang's version. It actually appears in the closing credits of the movie. So, no. Probably better than Sheryl Crow version, all right? So. The music kind of seems like quick and like powerful, and then her voice just kind of drags. Yeah, she's kind of doing a more Shirley Bassey like yeah. slow vocals over like a faster song. I do like this part. Yeah. So a different song, "Tomorrow Never Dies," written by the movies composer David Arnold and performed by Katie Ling was originally meant to be the theme tune but Cheryl Crow's song was selected instead. The Lings relegated to the end credits and titled Surrender as well as Katie Ling's song uh, Katie Ling's song. Uh, producers asked the track from 12 others including Pulp the Car- uh, Cardigans Saint Etienne Etienne? Et- to nine, uh, da, 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 and Swan Lake. Yeah, something like that. I do have those, some of those versions. You don't have the Carnegie's one? Get out of here. I could not find that one. Maybe if I do some quick Googling, I could. Uh, probably not. But I've got the pop version. I do like this version, but yeah. if you have the DVD, you can hear the song because it's on the closing credits. It's kind of slow. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I do like it's, it in parts. I, I like it in parts. Yeah. I like the the main verse or whatever the the chorus the verses are kind of boring mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's go to... This is the pulp version, I believe. Yes. Definitely sounds like pulp. Yeah. While you uh, Google... Like Bowie. <laughs> oh, he does sound like Bowie, Bowie, yeah. While you Google for the Carnegie's, I'll read the other parts. Yes, Yeah, it's very, very Bowie. I like this. I do. This one might be my favorite just because of the Bowie-ness of it. Yeah. Jarvis Cocker, or Pulp, delivers his signature crooning on Tomorrow Never Dies, a song that was submitted for consideration. The name change could have come about to simply avoid copyright complications once the song was rejected. But it had also been the intended title of the film at an early stage of its production. Musically, it's indie rock with a slow, varying tempo. Perhaps it could have been reworked to actually use in the film, and the lyrics make a reasonable stab at a general bond malaise of lost loves and painful decisions. But no one would hear this in its release form and guess it and guess that it was a potential James Bond tune. Definitely got that, like, glam rock sound. Totally. And this is came out in, like, 2004 or something around there. I would be 100% on board if this was the song that was picked. Yeah, this is a fun song. It's not super Bondy. It could use more like orchestral flares to it, like a Bond song normally yeah. has. But I do like. If this was in like closing credits or something, I would not be mad. Right. This, this actually does sound like a end credit scene theme song, mm-hmm. more so than what they went with the Katie Langs. Um, I could not find the other version, but here's the Saint Et Et Time song. If uh, anybody listening goes to the YouTube playlist that I have for this, it's kind of cool because they put the song over the credits sequence so you can see like all the Bond girl or action with silhouettes and stuff, but with the unused songs. British indie band Saint Etienne. I don't know how to pronounce that because I've never heard of them. Etienne. I think it's Etienne. There's a football player with that last name. I think it's Etienne. Uh, they submitted a tune called Tomorrow Never Dies. The song has a jazzy feel that moves between dance, indie, and 70s pop. Which, that's kind of all Bond-esque. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting tune that warms up towards the end, and it features some references to Bond's relationship with Paris Carver, but it doesn't scream Bond for most of its running length. Yeah, so far it's not Bondy. But we're only halfway through, and they said towards the end. It does say Tomorrow Never Dies, that's a plus. It's always good when the theme Mm -hmm. says the title of the movie. Let me fast forward like 30 seconds. weird bongos in this that don't seem fitting for a bong yeah it was weird here this 
I think this is the part that's on Bondi. It almost yeah. sounds Goldeneye. There's a, yeah, Goldeneye. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> Definitely the worst of the three we've heard so far. We've still got one more, though. Oh, good. This one's, I guess they really could not decide on a theme for this movie. This one's by Swan Lee, a Danish pop group. They had their stab at creating the title track. There Tomorrow Never Dies is a good tune that hits some Bondian notes in the chorus. Tempo is significant for Bond songs, and this is a slow number that would have worked well with the title sequence, but it is ever but is it ever close enough to what we expect from a Bond song? It's one of the slower, like cozy Bond themes that have appeared in movies, but right. Not super fitting for this era. I like the way that they did the Tomorrow Never Dies more so than the yeah. previous band, but the rest of the song is kind of like, eh. It's very throwback to, like, all-time high era of Bond. Yeah. Even this music video, she's got, like, feathered bangs and all that. That's not 2000s. She's got a good voice, though. Yeah, I do like that. I'm trying to remember the Cheryl Crow version so I can like mentally make a a comparison between the two. I just I don't know. Do you want to play it? Hmm. We don't have to, but I think I, I mean, no disrespect to David Arnold um, or to Cheryl Crow, or I think I do like this one a little bit more than that Cheryl Crow version. Yeah. I think this is a good version. It's just, it doesn't get you like pumped up enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. The Cheryl Crow's a little faster, a little guts. I don't know. A little more energized than this one. Yeah. Also, if I'm listening to this theme, do I do I think of sex? <laughs> like, because it's gonna be playing in the montage right. of, you know, tentacle porn or whatever. Uh, this video works. It. <laughs> That's good. Um, let's move on. We've got a few more left. We're going on to the world's not enough. Another Pierce movie. This one is performed by Straw. Slow build. Huh. It's another Casino Royale type theme. Yeah. That grungy ish. 
sounds like Radiohead a little bit. Yes, and we've got a Radiohead song. What? <laughs> All right, the short-lived British band Straw made a decent effort with their tune, The World Is Not Enough. All of the elements are present, twangy, I don't know what that word is, arpegrated. Arpegetto. Arpegetted. Arpegetted. Arpegetted guitar lines, brass stabs, albeit samples, along with lyrical references to Bond. Uh, why? Oh, they say kiss, kiss, bang, bang in this one. Yeah. Why do they got to just use words I can't read? Uh, Malou and a singable chorus that repeats the title. Uh, lyrically, the song takes the same approach as the music by throwing in all of the expected elements like kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. However, here it suffers from the same problem as some of the other tunes, as it doesn't sound as though the band had access to a story outlined or a script, which most people usually don't. That said, a reference is made to the title uh, being the Bond family motto, along with mentions of the other events in the Bond timeline, such as the death of Tracy Bond. It's not an amazing tune, but it's certainly a Bondy one. I like the song. I feel like it's more. It could fit more in the Daniel Craig era because yeah. his movies are a little bit more gritty than the Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. But it is uh, comparable to the garbage version yeah. that was used. The band, the garbage, garbage, not like yeah. a statement on the song. The band, not the not the, the sound. Which is yeah. which is interesting. Um, I just. The only reference that I really see, and it kind of sounds like they're taking a stab at trying to, I don't know, be ironic or like trying to make a stand with the kiss, kiss, bang, bang thing. Yeah. I just feel like that's thrown out at us like really hard. It's a weird reference that's not uh, super understandable to the mainstream audience because right. it's a title that's not was never used but like, kiss kiss what what <laughs> that i mean if you put kiss kiss bang bang in your bond theme you're going to end up on the rejected list we've learned this <laughs> right yeah it's happened based on it's happened a couple of times before right not not super bondy but still i enjoy the song yeah, if I heard it like somewhere, I wouldn't be upset about it. I do. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, let's go. We're all the way into Daniel Craig territory. Oh, look at it, that. It, Sean Connery doesn't have a lot of rejected Bond themes because it wasn't until halfway through his movies that they decided that Bond theme was a genre of music. So, right. Yeah. Sense. They had the original. Here's the Shirley Bassey version of Quantum Solace. The song is called No Good About Goodbye. Composer David Arnold wrote this track, and he insists it was never a rejected Bond theme, but we can't help but think 
surely why surely not the song opening stings are clearly from david arnold's quantum of solace score and it even has the word solace in the lyrics Arnold says no good about goodbye is actually just an homage that he was working on and is was later finished for Dame Shirley's 2009 album, The Performance. I know you like the White Stripes version, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, but... I like the throwback nature to Shirley Bassey's earlier work, yep. and like all, I think the vocally this song works better than that version. Oh yeah, absolutely. That they did use. Uh, I can one hundred percent see this as the theme. Yeah, I prefer like because it is played over the actual opening of the movie. I prefer watching the opening sequence playing this theme and then watching the rest of the movie yeah. as doing my own little mashup. But I was hoping they would use No Good About Goodbye in No Time to Die as the theme song. Because yeah. it's Daniel Craig's last movie, so it's like he's saying goodbye to, as Bond. like, And then getting Shirley Bassey in a Daniel Craig movie, because I think she's dead now, maybe? I don't and so think I saw that. that. I, I googled her because I thought potentially that her suing was like a, a white person rage over not using their word. But her and uh, Dion are both people of color, and I yeah, I was like, wow. I, I thought mm-hmm. for some sort of a reason that I thought it was just some shriveled old white woman. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything about. Uh, Maybe she's still alive. Yeah, I didn't say. Hopefully, she'll do another Bond theme someday. I would hope so. I mean, but I really like this. I I definitely prefer this version. I'm still waiting for the day that they actually say, "Okay, we can have Idris Elba as Bond." <laughs> I think he's too old, though. The fuck does that mean? Roger Moore was a hundred. I know, and we saw how that turned out. Yeah. I mean, I guess those movies are popular, but by the time the end of his tenure, it's like, why is this grandpa still being Bond? Yeah. Like, you're almost 50. Idris album might be too like they need to go with someone like in their 30s so they can do a Bond movie every four years and still yeah. have him for like four or five movies. If Michael B. Jordan was an American, <laughs> right? <laughs> but this one, this one's fun. I, I could, I could see this. I could see the song as the main Bond theme. I can, I can yeah. see it. It, it has all the aspects of a Bond theme. It's got Shirley Bassey's voice. Mm-hmm. It's got like the orchestral. It's got solace in the lyrics. So, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on because that's the end of the song. This is the Skyfall theme from Muse. Ooh, I like the Muse. Unfortunately, the Muse went up against Adele for this. Yeah, you, you really can't compete, but it's a good song. It, I like this ver- this part right here. Definitely has the shout-outs to Bond right yeah. in the score. I definitely do like the Muse as a whole. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of their albums. Yeah. The British band Muse tried very hard to, with this 
get this dramatic Bond-esque song to be the theme tune for Skyfall. However, they lost to Adele's uh, famous soulful title theme. At least their track was used in the Skyfall trailer. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess I don't remember the trailer. I'll have to check the trailer out. I don't remember that. And it's like very dramatic as this movie is with like characters dying and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you even got the in the background from like the Bond theme. Right. to say I'm just enjoying yeah. the song that's all I'm doing hanging back definitely following up to Casino Royale you think you have a chance with this song right yeah and then a tell happened yeah and then it's like well you can't really compete with that that's like a gold platinum song or something I feel like uh, they, they, they listen like yeah this is awesome and then Adele played and they're like yeah we lost mm-hmm. yeah we'll still use your song in the trailer but obviously you're not going to be in the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right yeah this right here is very Muse like oh, totally. the way they like break away and then have some very powerful like guitar story arc but the guitar also feels like it fits in a bond theme yeah it has those similar notes to like the the overall theme like the use horns mm-hmm. all right it also has a radiohead vibe yeah which will lead to our final song of the episode. From the movie Spectre, which is the last Bond movie that has been released so far. Radiohead submitted this track for Spectre, but the producers felt it was too melancholy for the title sequence, and instead chose Writing on the Wall from Sam Smith. Not exactly what I would call upbeat. Director Sam Mendes attempted to use Radiohead's song elsewhere in the film, but decided it was too distracting. Mendes said it's an utter nightmare. We had this beautiful song and weren't able to use it, but it's somehow cooler for Radiohead to have written a song that wasn't used. Bum that they didn't pick it because it's yeah, way better than that Sam Smith thing. It's so much better than Sam Smith's. 
Like, you want someone less melancholy, don't go with Sam Smith because that song is super bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and the Radiohead uh, falsetto is way better than Sam Smith's. It says Spectre in it yeah. instead of writings on the wall. <laughs> yeah, Tom York can really hit those notes. And this instrumental breakdown right here sounds bondy. I would have definitely at least thrown this out on the closing credits. Yeah. (laughs) If I had this song at my disposal. Yeah. Literally, we could sit here and say that this is way better than Sam Smith's song, but it definitely still doesn't quite hit that Bond theme song. Yeah. It it doesn't have a big crescendo. It's got a big instrumental crescendo, but his voice never, like, has, like, a a period. Yeah. it just doesn't do it for me. I, I like it, but it just doesn't do it yeah. for me. Yeah. I like that he actually says Spectre in it, though. Yeah. He almost gets there here, but then he stops singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Time for plugs. Yeah, the plugs. Let's go. All right, social medias. We're on all of them. The Twitters. The Instagrams, the Facebooks, the TikToks, apparently. Uh, we have YouTube as well, if you want to jump on there. It's Drink In, Geek Out. Uh, we don't have one specific for OST because we're the same people doing the same thing, just a different branch specific to music. Website is drinkinggeekout.com. We have a blog on there that we've posted a couple things on. We're really bad about it. We should probably do more. Uh, but we don't really have the time because we're too busy performing and doing all this stuff. Uh, we have our links to our geek SRMs, our IBUs, podcast subscription links. If you want to find us on a better location, if you find us on the website or any type of like Twitter link that we post, I generally post a link to the website and not to a blog or to a, like a podcast center. So if you want to find us, we're on all of them, uh, Google podcast, Apple podcast, Stitcher Spotify, whatever. If you have any that you are listening to that we're not on, just let us know. We'll try to figure it out. It was a hassle to get on Apple, but we did it. Here we are. <laughs> uh, Threadless, TeePublic, uh, we make t-shirts. We make designs. We don't make the t-shirts. And we post them on the sites. If you want uh, a more uh, raw, copywritten style, go to our Threadless. We don't copyright. We just use influence from Nintendo, and they hate it. Uh, yeah, they don't like us <laughs> getting stealing their fonts or whatever. Yeah, we can make something that looks similar to what it is because that's of what we do, of how we run our show. Anything that's Nintendo related, they hate it. But you can find those at drinkingeekout.threadless.com. Uh, anything that's a little bit more PC uh, that's allowable on the site that's accepted, you can go to tpublic.com slash store slash drinking hyphen geek out. They will allow it, and it's they actually have really quality T-shirts there as well. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash drinkinggeekout. Uh, currently have no subs. 
But you could be our first. How about you be our first? Call to action. That'd be nice of you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Call to action. Be S- our first. Support the show. We could, we just and uh, reach out to us. We love hearing from people that listen and let us know what you think. Yeah, we have a pretty interesting uh, fan base where we have high numbers from what we've experienced. A lot of people say they like the show. Uh, but we that doesn't hasn't really translated to any of our socials or any of our uh, pay for things uh, websites. But you know we we don't do this for the fame. We do this for the fun. Uh, and so anything that we can do to keep us f- to do this, if we can, right? If we can, you know, beer or you know website costs things. It costs money. I have to. I took a job so I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> can't just do this for the fun of it and pay the bills with it. Right. This is just a side hustle. It is. Um, and I will say Bond Month is wrapping up shortly. Next week we are doing the Golden Gun Awards on Drink In, Geek Out. So make sure you subscribe to that podcast as well. All right. Until next time. D-Ghost will return. <laughs>